A word to the wise. We are an explicit podcast tackling content with adult themes as well as entering spoiler territory. If you aren't caught up with us this week, we are starting Jade War and talking about chapters one through seven. Hey there, this is Cross. And I'm PJ. And I'm Ben. I'm Aaron. Hi. And I'm Thomas. And we are Words and Whiskey, a podcast for veteran and novice readers like we tackle fiction novels and love to talk about what we're drinking. You should think of us as your intoxicating weekly book club. So Crossland, something I've noticed when you do the word to the wise, you just say like what book and what chapters leaving. I know that I've been skipping the the author totally hanging on what series it's from and who wrote it. And what books they should if read before this book? Now, I think <laughs> they should already hey, know by now. They should, listener, <laughs> listener. I've got, I've got a, I've got a word for you. Just like listen up, real close. Like get real close to your headphones. Grow the fuck up. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> you could do it. <laughs> we DJ, why don't you. you tell him? You're so nice. <laughs> Jade War is the second book in the Greenbone Saga by Fonda Lee. And Hell if yeah. you haven't read the first one, that's called Jade City. And you should this do that be confusing. listen to our coverage of that book and then come back and listen to the rest of this episode. Because you're going to be really confused and I, I don't want you crying and sad because you don't know what's going on. Yeah. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, today is our first episode of Fonda Lee's Jade War, <laughs> the second book in the Greenbone Saga, and we're going to be talking about chapters one through seven. But before we get there, Thomas, do you want to talk about our featured cocktail? I would like nothing more than to do that. So, didn't know I was doing the featured cocktail. I just threw something together off the dome. We love Here's the name for it. My Blood for the Pillar. Here's what uh, you need to make uh, My Blood for the Pillar. You need... So I don't believe in measuring when I'm cooking up, when I'm operating <laughs> off vibes. So you're going to want a tall glass, put some ice in it, an amount of seltzer or something bubbly of your choice. How many vibes worth? 17. Oh, you're sorry. also going to want some cran pineapple juice. It's very sweet. So I went with a lime seltzer or uh, a lime tonic, a lime tonic, sorry. Too much rum, as you can probably tell already, because of, you know the vibes were loose. The vibes were loose, and then I was like, you know what this needs? What would be delightful would be an orange. And so, didn't have an orange. My mother, lovely woman that she is, shout out my mom. She's listening now, probably. She brought me an Easter basket, sliced a blood orange into quarters, juiced a quarter into the glass, put another quarter, a little wedge in there, and let me tell you, it's ten times better than it was without the blood orange. And it is delightful. It's delicious. It's very refreshing. It kind of like cut the sweetness a little bit too. So it's really good. And that is my blood for the pillar. Can we and back up where like you a nice got little red? Yeah. Can we back up where you got an orange in your Easter basket? So that seems, that seems I don't normal. Know why my mom always gave us lots of fruit in the Easter basket? Is so it this year, full of candy? I love that. You traditionally yes. So you we would have like one shared basket of candy i feel like and then or fr- and then fruit and then the candy would be in the eggs that the easter bunny brought us and so uh no pineapple this year i got a coconut 
and also Peep Cereal, which I am stared to try. Wow. But I will try. Sounds sugary. Brush your teeth after. just rebranded Frosted Flakes? Or not Frosted Flakes, Lucky Charms? Lucky Charms. It's basically Fruit Loops with like what looked to be Peeps. I haven't opened it yet, but it looks like Fruit Loops. I don't stand Peeps. Me neither. Do not. If you want to learn more about standing, go to the Devil's Cut. Come on. What are you doing? Uh, <laughs> uh, ben and Aaron, what are you guys having today? Go ahead, Aaron. I'm having a Quirk. It's our local brewery, Boulevard Brewing Company. It's their seltzer, and I'm having the pineapple chili flavor. That's her favorite. Yeah. And it is my favorite. Good. I am Very drinking nice. a Jameson lemonade, and it's Irish whiskey. With natural lemon flavor and carbonation. Nice. And uh, it's actually pretty good. Someone left it <laughs> in my house this weekend. That is interesting. That's what I was yeah. <laughs> Just the way I that it's described it, that sounds like <laughs> less less sweet than I was expecting to yeah. like, hear from you based on that, that name. And that like I think I'll try that sometime. It's definitely worth it. I would, it is good. I would have more of it. I have them. no idea who left it here. Yeah. I have absinthe and ice water. And <laughs> you can see the glass is very full. And cloudy. I didn't have much absinthe left, so I poured it in the glass. And it was more than I thought. So then I filled it with ice water until the point where it goes through its little, like, titration and goes milky. And uh, like it's a almost a full glass. Milky white. So lots of absinthe. Milky White is nice. the name of the cow in Into the Woods. Oh, yeah. Starring. I totally... I mean, starring whoever the Broadway crew at the time is. How dare you assume starring that we're talking about the movie? of Ben and I's life, Chris Pine. Yeah, okay. You know who else probably likes that movie? Shay. Right? She's in musicals. I do have a backup beer. I don't know if I'll get to it. But it is Shay a- also loves musicals. Who is Shay? Double strawberry okay. cheesecake. Uh, you ever heard of Jay War? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> did you did you want to talk about that? <laughs> <Did> <laughs> <my> <laughs> sex. Okay. So before we talk about the chapters, Wait, I do want to I I said I'm also having absinthe. It took oh, two yeah. seconds, okay. which is why I was like, I am also having absinthe, and then everyone else was talking right afterwards. And I was like, cool. Everyone should know. But I, I do want to take a second. Have you guys popped open the front cover and yes. looked at the map? Yes. yes, we have more. I was doing we a lot zoomed of, way out, and we have continents. I was doing a lot of referring back to the map while reading, which I love. Same. She tiny, Kcon, Kcon tiny, just yeah, a very, little real island. small. Yeah. yeah, and I like now we get more of a perspective of like who these people are in the world, and you know, there's a few continents that aren't labeled, so we don't know like. Is it like Greenland where nothing's there or is it like cities, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or are they a part of like the ROE, for instance, which just covers that area or are they not relevant to mm-hmm. the story? Perhaps. Do they have so, polar yeah. bears on the continent of Lysias? Definitely. And are they white? There's, polar bears? there's some good questions there. But I wanted to make sure that everyone had seen the map because I know that that was one of the things that I think blew both Thomas and I my mind when we saw it the first time opening this book. Did so. you also see you that like, Fonda Lee apparently does martial arts? <sighs> yeah, mm-hmm. girl. She says, let me get to it. Here's my 
page turning sound bite. Okay, I went too far. <laughs> she says, for the martial <laughs> artists I've trained with and learned from. <gasps> I know. Kung Fu. First hand knowledge. <laughs> right what you I know. I was a martial artist in my youth. What belt? Weren't we all? Purple? I think well, I did Taekwondo. I got to blue, I think. Blue or green. Nice. So don't cross Thomas. Well, you can yeah. now. I'm not that flexible I anymore. I won't cross Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> but before we get, yeah, that was a bad joke. But before we go too much further, of course, what'd you guys think of the chapters? What do you think of the new book as we start it? I thought. Too much Barrow already. I was about to say that. That was like my one opinion. And then hot and heavy sex. Ooh, yeah. I was uh, picking up sticks in the yard and I was like, oh, wow. oh. <laughs> is someone watching me? <laughs> I make a lot of weird faces when there's like really intense sex scenes in books. So I'm glad I'm not like fully in public. <laughs> There's there's that there's that like meme that I think has rolled around book talk and uh, book Instagram a couple of times bookstagram about like being in a grocery store and having a sex scene come on and like just that moment of intense thing while you're like picking a lemon and sizing <laughs> up a lemon. <laughs> Your face is flushing. Like any fruit. Yeah. I just feel bad, like, bad, bad. I, I think Gerald like is in the background. Pause exists. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's true. Very true. Go back, listen to the last chapter, get the setup again. With that, let's move it. PJ, did you, you didn't give your thoughts, but it Aaron did to some degree, but I, so far, like, I'm really, really enjoying it. I feel like it feels snappier than the first book did to a certain ex- mm-hmm. extent. I'm just, I'm, I'm amped to keep going and I'm excited for it. It, it feels like a really, really solid action packed intro. Yeah. I definitely feel the growth as a writer between book one and book two. I don't know if you guys noticed that so much, but I feel like we we hit more plot beats in a in a denser moment while still giving highlighting character moments throughout. So I, I really kind of appreciated that in this read through myself. But, but cool. Definitely an expansion of scope. With this, the map yeah. gives that away right away. But I feel like mm-hmm. even the story starts alluding to a lot of other things that this Jade War seems like it's going to be a lot of nations warring. It's gonna be a war. Yeah. Yeah. Chess um, pieces getting set up. Just to to dig into that a little bit, Cross, you mentioned you were surprised by the size of KCON. Mm-hmm. How small it is. I just like, a widow. Okay. This is almost exactly what I was expecting because I saw it as like a stand-in for Japan. This is way smaller than Japan it is. is not. Like this is this oh, yeah, not, it is. It's like almost exactly I mean, the same size as Japan. Is there on the a scale map. on this oh. map? She has a north arrow. That's good. Architect. Tim Paul is the artist, and there's not a scale. I wonder how big a quadrant is. Yeah. I, just comparing each to every other flat map feet. of Earth. Each square is five feet. <laughs> is this a D&D campaign? I, I, think, I think that that is the sort of equivalence that she's using, but I think she's really kind of sectioning it out to be a much smaller section of Japan and not the entirety of. Japan is not very big, given. It's, you know, roughly, I think, two times the size of Minnesota, which is relevant to all two of us that use Minnesota as a measuring stick <laughs> with which to measure other places. But yeah, I, I think for me, it is it feels much smaller on the map 
it feels closer to god i don't know taiwan yeah but dragon shaped pokemon shaped i thought we said um, yeah. so sorry I, i'm not a nerd <laughs> <laughs> not that joke again damn it all right with that we will definitely talk more about that I'm, I'm interested to explore but chapter one heaven awaiting so we open Jade War returning to Barrow and Moot, executing their scheme of robbing the grave of the Sleepless Pillar. After successfully completing the deed under the rising moon, they execute and hide the body of the man that assisted them, Nuno, excited for what a future with Jade looks like for the pair of them. Fuck them. The gall to go through this, turning on Nuno, like that's kind of the entire thing, but what I just, this is like reaction chapter, I think. Barrow's a dick. A damn Barrow. Yeah. <laughs> Up to his fucking hijinks. I hope Moot is the one who kills him. Moot's a bitch, too. Baby Moot. Baby Moot. (laughs) I'm the baby bitch. Kind of upset that Moot didn't kill Nuno. Mm. Because if he had with that swing, like if that had dropped him entirely, and it might have, before Barrow got the chance to shoot him, then Barrow wouldn't have the like opportunity to say like, oh, he didn't actually kill anybody anyway, and he doesn't deserve this jade, and like that that div- divulsion that he goes through wouldn't be founded, and it still might not be. Don't you think he would have just had a different reason? He would have been like, well, for he sure. didn't kill Tall Lawn. I killed Lawn. Yeah, I just killed sure. some random guy. Yeah, I don't think Barrow sure. needs like any logical reason to be a dickhead. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. He'll find a way, no matter what. Yeah, but counterpoint to all of our opinions, he did cause Lon to tip over the edge of death. I guess, even though the shine did, which was planted by Poppy Donwa. What's wow. his name? Woon. Woot. Woon. Woon. Poppy Donwa. The, Poppy. the disappointment in space. <laughs> So Palpable. technically, it is his jade to claim. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that, but not a green bone. Um, don't apply. I will say also in defense of bureau here, not in, in defense, defense of, of it, but like on on a different sort of wavelength of thinking about it. This is the first scene where he pulls something off, start to finish, that he intended. Like th- this is this is something that he planned and executed properly and effectively, whereas everything else is just bumblefuck. That's true. He seemed a little more like he waited for this day. He he had a few failed attempts to get into the grave, and then he like learned patience. You know, waited for Kalsen to die, which that was kind of like a oh by the way he died. We yeah. <laughs> we didn't see him die. Well, you saw it in the. Dramatis persona at the beginning. Exactly. It it spoiled it for me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh shit. I was like, did he die in the last book? I was like, I'm but it's like a like page a two pages. thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. I I did read that, but I didn't even catch on. I just yeah. figured like he would die at some point. Yeah, I mean I figured he was dying, but I will not defend my version of in Red Rising in the Red Rising series was a very explicit to me to not read the dramatis persona because of <laughs> errors and spoilers. Yeah. I don't have a dramatis persona in the front of my special edition book, so I didn't have anything to warn you about cuz I didn't know it was there. It gets I re- fucked up. It's yeah, pretty it's like within the first three <laughs> the pages releases. anyway. It's 
At the very least, it is a page one thing. Yeah, but, I was going to say, know. it's right away. Unlike my... Oh, oh, go ahead. Your friend. I, I was going to say, like, I, I read the first, and then I, like, read the book, and then I was... As soon as I, like, realized that, I'm like, I'm not reading the rest. Like, as soon as I saw... <laughs> Mm-hmm. call sense deceased thing i'm like i'm not gonna read any more of these people and i'm like let's get into the book so yeah no spoilers I, so barrow is golem uh yeah so i was gonna say it. unlike my esteemed colleagues i will not be defending barrow <laughs> thank you i just like to like come up with a opposite opinion of whatever you think okay perfect <laughs> this is really ideal. I don't have to hate you forever. <laughs> this sounds it's very like true. PJ and I have a relationship. <laughs> many a spirited argument where PJ's like, I don't really believe that. And I was like, God damn it. I was arguing as though you believed it with your heart. <laughs> Fuck. Well, cool. I think this chapter is pretty quick, all things told. There's mm-hmm. the the quick flash of violence. The only other thing that I had that I thought was kind of weird is the way that he shoots him twice. Did anyone have sort of a yeah? Did anyone have sort of like a rationale there for I do the why you think he shot him twice? Zombie Land. Well, right, yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's a good movie. <laughs> I was thinking maybe the cheek was the first shot, and then the I think forehead it was the second. Is, it says the opposite. I think he says forehead. It's the opposite. When he describes yeah. it, he says he was shot in the forehead and the cheek, but we don't know the order that those shots happened. No, we do in, in, in the moment in the second yeah. in his yeah. cheek. Oh, it says, yeah, never mind. Yeah, yep. I have a reason. I stand corrected. Mm. I think it just ex- speaks to his inexperience as a killer. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah, that was Thomas's point. You stole it. No. But we're both very smart. Yeah. Um, what I'll say is that I don't quite understand how quickly they were able to find that Lon's grave was desecrated. And maybe this is getting into the later chapters. That's a way bit. further ahead. We'll definitely talk about that with with Megtar in, in that section. Okay, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll get there. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's good for chapter one. Well, I mean, just to just to preface that conversation, I thought it was pretty sure. ingenious to go through Callsen's mm. grave. Yes. And into the side of the casket for Lon because they knew it was super close. It was like a foot of of seven feet. Hmm? Was it seven feet? Inches. I don't know. It was seven something. Was it seven feet? I have no idea what you're talking about. I had like <laughs> they the all the graves were super close together, so there was like a yeah. foot of of ground between them. But it could have been seven inches. It could have been. Some, I, I could be misremembering it, it. Whatever it, it showed is, Barrows again, like he's he's learning to be a little more thoughtful and careful and patient with his mm-hmm. tomfoolery. That brings us to a chapter two, the passing of the torch. Call Sennington, torch of Kacon, has passed, and the country mourns the death of one of their great national heroes. This has brought a facade of peace between the clans as Aitmata releases a statement mourning the torch and dignitaries of the mountain clan, including their new horn, now Susan, Sunzun, attend the funeral. <laughs> After the funeral, Hilo and Shay hold court for their constituents, including Aiton, and we learn about the Kal's cousin, the Taijis, and that one of them has been captured by a Yuian jade smuggler named Zapunyo, whom Hilo agrees to deal with personally, over the protestations of Shay 
And the chapter ends with Hilo preparing to meet with Andin alone again over the protestations of Che. So, fucking jam-packed chapter two. Susan! Susan Zen. <laughs> Listen, real life story. Kicked out of speech therapy as a lad for being able to spell too good. So sometimes I just can't pronounce things. <laughs> Get off my back, listeners. You're like, this Do is speech therapy, not spell therapy. Please no. <laughs> so we already touched on this a little bit. Were we shocked that Call Sen passed so soon just from a storytelling perspective? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I don't think I was shocked. I was like, oh, okay. Whoop. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I was died. like, yeah, okay. I mean, like, I was expecting him to die pretty soon. And it makes sense that you would open on a funeral, I feel like. So a lot of that made sense to me as far as the story goes. It was surprising to me. Yeah. I, w- I was surprised by it because it felt like it was coming soon and I wasn't expecting a time jump that was also like. In, like it worked it worked really 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 well i was just expecting either like a farther time jump like well beyond his death or just picking up where they left off and this was like a really short time jump it was like a year and a half or something like that or a year i think it's a little so, less than a year because it's yeah, 16 it, months it, after it Lon's Andin's death. chapters it's, well, it's like right out of year right because i okay. yeah yeah, yeah. Ian yeah. is. He's like, it's coming up. Yeah. Would you still do it? He's like, fucking ice me, bro. <laughs> ice me in front of my speaking, daughter and wife. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Ian, what do we think about his monkey surrogate arms? I was so soda. happy for. Yeah, <laughs> I was extremely happy for Ian. I just want to say, you can't trust those little monkeys. They will rip mm-hmm. your face off. I saw it on Oprah. Thank you. Saw it on Oprah. Not on Oprah. <laughs> But our dude, you know, he was down in the dumps, depressed, armless. Now he's like, beautiful baby. He's going to be opening up a thriving hoochie business. and be trusted by his pillar. He's holding stuff with his feet. Monkey wipes his, his ass. Feet. I need a monkey to wipe my ass. Yeah. That's like well, I can't reach I a thousand time. times better than a bidet. <laughs> Just it- get some ice. <laughs> ice. I- ass. Ass monkeys. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I've had two you, sips you want of to take this that again? beer. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I can't talk. Aaron was I was about to say, I can't believe we're talking about... <laughs> for unknown reasons. But I can't believe we're talking so much about that when, like, this is a really cool scene about the, like, honorifics of the clan. I mean, of course we're talking about that. I'm not actually surprised. But, like, <laughs> this is a really cool scene about the honorifics of the clan. You know what I mean? Like, this is that cool moment where it's like this is sort of the spirit of what being a green bone is to some degree, mm-hmm. which I think also reflects directly into the next chapter and how Hilo feels. I thought this all reflected well on Hilo. I think he's mm-hmm. a good dude. A good boy. We like, we stand Hilo. There you go. <laughs> I think this is also a way of like, this is a win-win in in every direction for the clan mm-hmm. because it simultaneously gets another lantern man in the in the twice or in the double 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 was it for the twice lucky double double and the double double in the double double yeah the twice lucky is still there so another man, L- lantern man in the location of the double double it gets uh, just favor for Hilo on on the side of Aiton and his entire family. 
it gets effectively another like standing green bone guard without being a green bone guard in that district like it works out perfectly and the itons get a much bigger hoji distillery than they were expecting like everybody's happy here it's wonderful it's a perfect opportunity for the clan and for them and it comes so effortlessly and then it's in such contrast to like shay we see later on struggling with her role in that and she's the one that's supposed to be kind of like the whiz kid at this aspect of things and we see Hilo dominating it which is kind of like we see Hilo come back or Shay come back to the clan in Jade City she's a uh, natural at the violent parts initially and Hilo like you know she sells Hilo on the deception when they all strike back at the mountain mm-hmm. which is like a nice little nice little role reversal again mm-hmm. it- really makes me wonder if this is something that like is just top of the dome just like snapping off ideas <laughs> for Hilo or if he knew that they might come with him or come at him with some sort of request like this and he had sort of a, rep- a prepared solution ahead of time I, I'm not sure because he doesn't strike me as a so much of a think ahead but he also doesn't necessarily strike me as a like just great business choices off the top of his head person either like i don't know where this came from or if this was shay if this came from shay to begin with i don't know i mean it seemed like hilo shucking and jiving on the spot yeah just being dynamic it's fair good job hilo totally a win for him if that's the case i have a question while we're on this eight and train Mm -hmm. you're allowed we you guys touched on you know a pseudo standing green bone type of thing in the double double do you think even without arms he'd be able to use some of the jade abilities in a martial way like you know maybe get some kicks going with the fletching or something totally okay i did have that thought i was yeah like, like it's not like it comes out of your hand yeah i feel like he could i believe in Iden. You know when Andon's like pointing and killing stuff? Could he like point with his toe? <laughs> That'd be fun. Now we're talking. That's a humorous image. Does he need to point at all? Yeah, just my telekinesis kill you. Like the the kid from just like wink at people. accepted that wants to blow shit up with his mind. Yeah. <laughs> what a fucking deep cut reference. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Movie. No joke. Right, going back a little bit before we got sidetracked by Aiton, despite my inability to say his name correctly, what do we think the new horn of the mountain will be like? What do we think he has in store? We have so little to go on. I just want to see your guys' pulse. Seems like a prodigy to me. I think what Horn said, like, he doesn't seem as powerful, which is worrisome. Yeah. I think that's the best assessment. He feels sneaky, He's sneaky. unassuming. Yeah. Sneaky, sneaky. Feels like he fits in with their scheming, you know. They're always, they're up to shit. They're like reassessing and... And he killed a bunch of people already for Aitmata. He's a stone cold killer, obviously. So, what they say in the last... Is he the guy that's skilled in perception too? So, I feel like they're planning something there. And this guy is doing some sneaky, sneaky shit or is going to get up to some sneaky, sneaky shit. Yeah, it it feels like this is 
the response to the death of Ash. Gaunt Ash. Gaunt Ash. And it, it feels like, or my assumption is, this is the path that the mountain is going to take now, as opposed to being brute force, like overwhelm the enemy and just be in general stronger and better. This is more of a like, we're going guerrilla warfare. We're going like sneaky. We're going like totally off the map and out of the realm of predictability with our leader being this person. So that's my expectation going forward is that it's going to be a total tactic shift for the mountain tribe. I would agree. Now is definitely, definitely an interesting dude. Be exciting to see. Scheme, scheme, schemes, as Ben might say. And did say. As said. Sneaky, sneaky. <clears throat> sneaky, sneaky. What Both. do we make of the tall's cousins, the t- And the aunt. I gotta ask about the aunt, yeah. too. <laughs> Auntie. She's a good lady. He seems like very, these seemed like very, like, normal, salt of the earth type folk. And... Just kind of clumsy and unlucky. <laughs> I don't know. They seem they played off. They're played off like these. Like I don't know. Is it Tehees? Yeah. Did I make that, that up? It might be Tehees. I just listened to it. I should remember. They seem like they're. Yeah, it's either Tehee or Teji. I can't. I can't remember. But they seem like anyone's like you know distant cousins. We're like, <laughs> oh yeah, they're from Oklahoma <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Seem like some gomers. <laughs> no offense yeah. to the Oklahoma people. <laughs> no, all the events. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Mm, I don't think he is. Yeah, uh, it was kind of funny the juxtaposition between like the, this cool, powerful call family and this like bumbling. Like my husband said not to talk to you, <laughs> but I know. Yeah, like They're, they very like, all normal. Roll their eyes, like yeah. hi, auntie. Yeah. <laughs> I remember thinking like when. During Andin's graduation ceremony in Jade City, where they were talking about the people they got like a single jade bead, I remember thinking like, how much would it suck to be like one of the couple people that got a single bead? <laughs> like, I remember distinctly thinking about that. Like, that had to have been so embarrassing. Like, yes, there's still pride in graduating. Like, yes, you, you can still like do something great out of this. But I, I remember thinking, like, there's only, like, two people that got a single bead, and then there are people that get, like, four, like, Andon. And, and, like, just the way it was described and the sort of difference and the, the sort of perceptive difference between all of them. And then to, like, see that their cousin was, like, <laughs> was one of those fuck-ups people. It cracked me up. It just internally, like, because, be, just sit, strictly because of the way that I had dwelled on that fact more than I probably should have in the previous book. It made me laugh. Poor Tehis. I love that because Tehis is also just like a piece of shit. Like he's beyond just like being like not very skilled. He's like, oh yeah, he traveled a little bit as like a guard here and there and just feels like the like, I don't know, floof of of a of a person just super aloof and distant and just a fucking weirdo and kind of, kind of makes liability. for me interesting apparently yes absolutely a liability i i've got this i've got this curiosity of like he's obviously been captured by zapunio as we know 
over the course of this. What do we, and, and obviously there's the ransom. Do you think that there's anything like hanky panky there? Like, or not hanky panky. That was totally the wrong oh, term, but like anything, like my sexual? God, absolutely. Yeah. I did not mean sexual. Any, anything like un, unjust or like any, why, untoward? why would Sabunio do something untoward? Untoward. Yes. That's what I'm looking for. Thank you. Cut, cut, cut. Crossland keep, keep, keep bullshit. No, keep that shit. Yeah. I'm keeping Hanky it. Hanky <laughs> Just um jesus christ my assumption my initial assumption is that the entire family has turned based on the way that they were described mm-hmm. and the way that they were like mentioned and and talked about by the call family as this like kind of fuck up family that like hasn't contributed anything and hasn't been beneficial hasn't really joined the the clan even as like graduates, they haven't really become fingers or fists or anything like that. My assumption is that they've turned and this is a double cross. Mm. I didn't think that. I had not thought of that, but I kind of like it. I, I kind of took it as at face value, like their fuck up. Sapunio captured this, you know, black sheep and is holding them ransom but i don't know what zapuno's motives are like maybe they just want to like work with hilo maybe they want to fuck him up i don't know we'll see we don't know enough about it zapuno seems like he's up to shit the tehis they just seem like fuck-ups but zapuno seems like he is going to be a figure that is going to be a player here throughout this book especially with how much they're referring to like this oncoming jade war and how much the black market is picking up. I feel like he's going to be kind of like a major antagonistic figure for us. And I'll also say his name is very near Barrow's name in the dramatis persona. Oh, so I feel like they're going to be C and B are not close. I feel like they're going to be uh, hooking up. Thank you. Thank Oh no. <laughs> to, to sort of soften my claim a little bit as far as the, like turncoat aspect goes stick with it pj what if you're right well i mean that's my assumption right now but i could also totally see it being not them actively working with the mountain clan not turncoating but being bribed to claim that they have their son and like lure them into a trap say they're so incompetent that they're getting taken advantage of yeah I mean, yes, or they're so greedy or they're they're so desperate that they're accepting a large bribe to lie to their family a little bit. Yeah, I see that. All right. I dig it. Okay. Okay. The last what else do you have, have buddy? The last thing I have is one little quote from our guy, R.I.P. Carlson. Our guy. Recanted by Hilo. The gods play favorites, Hilo's grandfather had once said at the dinner table. They took from one side of our family to give to the other. So be kind to your cousins. If the Taiyis had more brains or thicker blood, who knows where we'd be? Just, I thought that was like a nice little bit of world building and adding to like the mystic lore of how the, at least the elder Tekkenese kind of think about things. For sure. And it's like, makes the Taiyis seem like, well, they could be a problem if they get any initiative. 
or thick mm-hmm. blood, like the blood orange cocktail that Thomas made. <laughs> My blood for the pillar. Or like they they go over to the mountain and they breed with a family like that or, or you know, like the, if there's any like intermingling that could make that happen. Yeah, there's there's a lot there. And I think it's really cleverly done. As per fucking usual. <laughs> yeah. Salute to Fonda Lee. All right. With that, we go. We say goodbye to Call Sin, old granddad, old piece of shit. Rest in um, peace. You won't be missed. Sack of Whoa. garbage. Any final words? Anyone have any final words for Granda? Rip Bozo. <laughs> yeah, good riddance. Fuck you. I, I, I liked all of that. Yeah, I'm I'm here for that. <laughs> Context free spoilers. Here's what's going on. Rip Bozo meme. Had to go to my biggest haters funeral meme. <laughs> all right. With that, we go into Chapter 3, Exile. We return to Emery Andon after Colson's funeral, feeling like he'll never be able to pay the debt he owes to his now-past granda. Andon then proceeds to be spoken to by Hilo in an attempt to convince him of what he should be doing. Andon holds strong and firm despite Hilo's insistence and guilt trip, settling to not resume his role as a Greenbone. He is, however, going to be sent to Spenia as quasi-punishment, it seems. The chapter comes to a close with a conversation with Shay about the result. I have to say, I think it's really critical. I Patting myself on the back here a little bit, but like spoken to by Hilo, because Hilo is not listening at all throughout this entire conversation, which is kind of brutal. I mean, he is, but he's already planned every rebuttal and very Godfather-like in the way that like he is just insistent without end. You deliberately disobeyed me, Lion King. I felt that. I just want to say, Andon is fucking annoying now. And <laughs> I absolutely 100% agree. I'm I could, like rolling no. my eyes. <laughs> Welcome to the light. What? I could not. like, Especially by the end of this chapter, let me find this part where he's just like, I don't want to go to Espinia. Espinia. I don't want I mean, to. I'm just like, is, dude, you got to grow up. It's very similar to... So, okay. He says Cross anything dying right but now. wear green. I'll do anything but wear green. Exactly. Two sentences later. Not Espenia. I need <laughs> yes. it there. And it's just like last book. Hilo's like, I'll never forget what you did here. And then Andon's like, okay, but I won't wear jade. And he's like, you're dead to me. Very late. There's all these little tall bats immediately. But also, this is entirely born out of the fact that he need like the clan needs to devote resources to keeping him safe. Because, like, he is totally a liability for... It's not entirely born out of that fact. No. He absolutely is. No, it's not entirely born out of that fact. There's a whole metric fuck ton of guilt here that's being layered on as blackmail. That's not entirely what it is. I disagree completely. But the, like, ultimatum of... Or not even an ultimatum, the like decision like we need to get you out of this country is born out of that. Yeah, right. I do agree with that, but that's not like what the whole thing is. That's fair. This is a lot of guilt of like, okay, well, if you're not going to do that, then I have to put you in the safest place possible. And that is a way. I think it's a little guilt and mostly Hilo just There's... fundamentally not being able to like get but he just he's trying to do what's best for his cousin and he can only see it from his point of view. It's, it's so truly an emotional response. I think the guilt's a but there is bit. a I ton think, of guilt. 
I just think Hilo's like I don't think Hilo's like oh let me guilt him into this. I think he's like this is the no way no no you have he's wielding life. he's he's not guilting him into it. He's get he's layering on guilt because he's not wearing green because he's not serving the clan because he's not doing Jade and he's even using Shay as an example against him despite the reason that Shay getting and taking her Jade back is a completely different reason than why Andon doesn't want it. I guess I'm I'm just gonna stand in the Emory Andon defense <laughs> corner with my Blink One Eighty Two T shirt because uh, I this is like the issues totally. that Aaron was having with Shay, but at least like Shay was self aware to where she was like, I know I'm fucking up right now. And I know I want it both ways. Andon is just like, why? I don't want to do that. <laughs> and just like the worst voice. <laughs> so that's what he sounds like in it my head. That's what he sounds like. And like the use of italics in the book is just like, it's so bad. Like he's like, have you ever thought about what I want? Like, I'm just he's like, definitely a petulant 19 year old. I do not disagree. Yeah. I just can't it's, right now. It's such a unique position to be in, though, because it's not like he had a totally free choice to, like, separate from the clan because they had so heavily invested in him. And they know if push came to shove and he were to be captured by one of their enemies, primarily the Mountain Clan, because of a multitude of reasons that I'm not going to go into because everybody knows them. If he were to be captured, they can't just say no. They can't just right. say he's been exiled and we don't care because no, one, right. he's an asset. They know for a fact that he is a very, very powerful greenbone or would be a very powerful greenbone. And they know that if he were to be captured, like there would be heavy penalties to pay to get him back for for the record i don't disagree with that at all what i'm saying is is that he fundamentally misunderstands why andon doesn't want to be a greenbone why he that's, can't that's in his own words at this point no it's super relevant to andon i don't stake. to andon sure. it 100 percent is to the situation yeah. where he's being shipped off to Espenia, that's not relevant so you're not viewing him as a person. You're viewing him as a plot device. <laughs> he is a plot <laughs> like a, device. A little average. I know. But that's not all that characters are. Characters no, are people. But like he is, though, but in this. it doesn't matter. Oh, no. No, because he, like, I know. he's a, like the. Despite being disowned and like ashamed of the family, the Talls love him. He can't mm-hmm. like he can't be out there in Morenia in the wind where anyone could get to him at any time. It's, no, I, I agree. So, like he's not yes. like just a meta, like meta commentary plot device. He is though, like even he's a intrigue device in the green Ando and Greenbone War. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. could take over. I, for I don't disagree with that either. Monkey. Start wiping asses. <laughs> there, there are <laughs> other dark. solutions. Emery is willing to do anything but wear green, as mentioned. And go to Well, no, he just throws a fit about the fact that he has to go to Espania. <laughs> that, like, that's what the solution is. It's not. It's it's not exactly what it is. I understand. <laughs> I I get it. So like, I it guess I'll skip my quotes and, like, because no one cares. Andy. It does. Putting myself in Andon's shoes, it sucks totally. <laughs> but. What's the alternative? In I was gonna say, I thought he got a pretty good deal out of that situation. Like, no, I'm not. Yeah, this is I'm not mafia. disagreeing they with could that. Just kill him. 
Right. <sighs> yeah, I think I think ultimately exile is the most reasonable solution. But I I what I'm what I'm pushing back against is that it's hard to not empathize with Andin in this moment True. because of Yes. Okay. But we, we're we're beyond that. We're well beyond that. Like, what are we going to do? <laughs> like, I don't have a good solution th- that doesn't totally wreck Andon's heart. I think we can both empathize, feel bad for him, and be like, "Grow but the fuck Hilo up." Hilo isn't. That's the other side of it. Is that Hilo is not empathizing at all, and that's what I'm trying. That's that's like my stake in the ground here. Is that Hilo is like, "Come over or get the fuck out." Basically, don't we need that um, in a in a pillar though? Like this is him acting for the clan with your brother. It, your brother I, that has refused to act in the family's interest as a gang member. Okay, yeah, I. <laughs> so people can only be who they are, right? And Hilo, I think we will have to see for better and worse. Yeah, I, so, Aaron, you're definitely right. We'll have to I see. Just, I feel Cross clearly feel knows very, more than us, which he's well, lording no, over I, us. I'm not even lording it over. Like, for me, I... And I know just as much. Right. For me, the the quote that gets me, right, is is the the quote that he has when he's just even exposed in proximity to Jade, right? There's... And there's this sort of duality of desire. He wants to be a part of the family, but is being pushed away and desiring to hold Jade, but refusing it at the same time. So he says, or in his monologue, the memory of Jade, of the power it had given him, the ecstatic terror of that last battle when he killed one of the most powerful Greenbones in Chanloon. Sometimes it stirred in him a longing that was almost sexual in its intensity, in its sheer animal hunger. Andon's eyes dropped involuntarily to the top of Hilo's shirt, the first two buttons left undone as usual. Looking at the long line of Jade Stone studding his cousin's collarbone, Andon felt conflict, fear, and yearning pulling his insides taut. He still wanted to be a call. And shortly thereafter, it's it's like, but he can't wear, he can't do Jade again. And so there's this combination thing where it's like, I want to be a part of the family, but I can't do that. Because so, of his fear parentally, right? Like, because of his history. That's I'm it. going to accept that, but push against it a little bit. In that, this is him scared of being pulled down too hard. This isn't him being pulled down too hard. Yeah. Well, he's scared because he has examples. That's he, the issue. He he's he's Drama. afraid of the idea that he might become overwhelmed by Jade Fever. It, he's he not overwhelmed it. by Jade, Jade Fever, and those are two very different things. So he is censoring himself out of an abundance of caution, which is fair and which is right, valid, right. and that's because we don't want to end into cheese grater himself. But like, he doesn't know that's how. I was how waiting to say at. that. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron was ready. Yes, like, like ahead, it's Aaron. it's not the same as like this is proof that he's like he's got jade fever. It, it's not that. It, it's just a fear response. And a trauma response. And like just is is in quotes there. Like it, that's not be, to be taken lightly. And I can totally sympathize with him. Or empathize with him? What, what's the proper term? I, I haven't experienced Probably this, sympathize. I, you haven't okay. experienced cheese grittering. Yeah. Apparent. Like, uh, what, whatever <laughs> the right one is. Um, like I, I, I feel for him. I feel bad mm-hmm. for him. But I, it's not a like, like he's taking it as proof that he can't handle it. These these feelings that he shouldn't be able to handle it. Like he he is self 
not re- not regulating, but approving. Like he he's he's using his feeling that he might become eventually overwhelmed by Jade Fever as a validation that he has Jade Fever. I think what PJ's trying to say is that we all agree with you, Cross, except he's just being really annoying about it. <laughs> That's where I'm at with it. Like, <laughs> no, I, I, I totally get that. That for sure. I'm, I'm just clarifying that at the very least, Andon isn't just a bitch. He has a reason to be a bitch. <laughs> And that's that's the important part. And I there was a lot of and it is just a bitch going on. I'm like, well, we got a whole book about why. <laughs> you know what? We just call him like we see him. Yeah, but you're the one that some read it like. Bear is a dick, and is a little bitch. <laughs> Move on. That's what we got right now. You this know? is good analysis. As things so. develop, we'll have to figure it out. This is your thoughtful book club that you wanted to start. Yeah. <laughs> It's going real well. It's a good thought to explore, though. I mean, especially bouncing back and forth because it is, you know, how do how do we all read things differently? So the the final thing to talk about in this chapter is Shay's read on the whole situation, which I think is is the real way to look at it and the way that Hilo feels without the emotional reaction, which is that this is the good right move ultimately for you and sort of the political way that it would have been addressed as opposed to the emotionally embattled way that we get it. And Shay's the only one with chapter. real experience. So she can be like, listen, it's not that bad. Right. I fucked a dude in Espania. You might do it the same. <laughs> God bless. God bless. God bless. God bless. All right. I have a question. That's it for exile. Don't you no. all think Hilo? Or I guess I think this. I'm curious if you agree, disagree, have any thoughts. But I thought Hilo was just as desperate to prevent and in going to Espenia as Andon was. And so that's why I don't read it necessarily as, like, guilt trip, it seems manipulative, the framing of it that way. I think it's Hilo's last-ditch effort to have his cousin live up to his potential that he sees, the only way he understands for Andon to be who he's meant to be. And so I don't think it comes from a place, I think it comes, like, misguided as it is, from a place of love from Hilo. And it's just like him trying to do his duty to his cousin and not understanding that there's other ways to do that duty. But yeah, I, just, yeah, I, I think guilt trip is too like, harsh of framing. Bro, love. I emotional. I agree with that, and on top of that, I also think it's an act of desperation. Like, shit's gonna start going down, and we need all of the resources that we can get. And this is taking few, but but a non-zero amount of resources, keeping him safe in a distant city that is still accessible, and like. Where the mountain's actively trying to get at them. So I I think it was more of a confluence of all of those things. And I don't think it's out of malice. I don't think it's out of like just sheer punishment. I I think it's truly like Hilo doesn't have an alternative but to get him out of the country. And he's not good at public relations. (laughs) (laughs) Or familial relations. True. Historically, very bad at it. I mean, we don't have to look further than the way that he communicates with Wen to also look at like well-intentioned versus, you know, not not realizing who you're talking to or asking their feelings or talking to them about their feelings about things. And yes, I I totally totally agree. I think that I'm not saying that it's necessarily not entirely well-intentioned, and it is definitely a plea. But Love can still be incredibly manipulative, even when wielded with the deftest of hands. Chapter four, 
dead ends. A very mate chapter here, as we open with mate Ken learning of Tall Lon's grave being robbed by someone. We know who it is. He doesn't know who it is. <laughs> and though he and Tar assume this to be Mountain Dreambones, Hilo sees more to the heart of the matter and knows that the man who killed his brother is responsible for the robbery. Hilo is enraged, and the mate brothers, particularly Tar, rededicate themselves to the case. Tar finds Seiko, the mysterious goatee Greenbone who had supplied Moot with Shine and Barrow with the weapons used to kill Lon. Tar attempts to interrogate him, but Seiko kills himself, and the trail once again falls cold. Badass. It felt kind of like it was cool to see the mates kind of operating, getting a little more comfort in their roles. It felt kind of mm-hmm. like dark, dark, dark CSI Jan Loon a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree. I'm still, I'm still perplexed by how they figured out that Lon's grave was desecrated. Let me let me spell it out for you without looking it up. Here's when what they... happened? Sorry, you go, Aaron. No, you do it. No, um, you, no, you. No, you. You know, no body <laughs> murdered turns up at the cemetery. Suspicious, weird. They're like, "What grave did he date last?" Call Sen. What's near Tall Sen? Let's dig up this grave, see what it looks like. Oh, disturbed near Tall Lawn. Let's look into that. Coffin fucked up. It's okay, though. The body's there. Oh, we know Jade was in that coffin. Also, Cast keep it. in mind, when and you're also- at a funeral and, like, when the people are there, they, they don't lower the casket in yet. So the people that stay, the workers... They could have like seen it or been like, hey, check this out. There's footprints down there. Also, he mentions that there's only a very few people that knew the jade was buried there. And if it was if he was killed by a mountain greenbone, they would have collected that jade upon death. Mediamonte. He mentions that the only people at that funeral were calls and makes. In Andon, right? The only, yeah, the people, only people who knew there, knew that who the knew. Jade was there. Yeah, yeah we're calls. Oh, okay, never mind. Okay, it's fair. I Sparrow also just vibes. Do, I don't believe they would dig up his grave. Like they would, they wouldn't exhume his body without letting Hilo know first. Like that seems outrageous to me. I think it might have just been, you know, better to ask for forgiveness than permission and that they didn't want to spook him and they were just like, ah. Did they actually well, take no. him the ca- like Aaron The said, casket's already been, dis- like, it's already been fucked with. Yeah. So, and now, they don't no, no, know well, that ahead of time well, so, before digging into the grave. Like Aaron said, they might have just been waiting to bring up their suspicions to the calls because, like, they knew that the guy had been killed. It doesn't in seem the cemetery. like all so like, they were just actually. Yeah, like Aaron buried. said, like, yeah. after the people leave, they fill in the grave. So they might have just been waiting to be like, okay, let's yeah. Poke they our don't even lower bit. the casket down until everyone's gone. Fair. At least at the Christian funerals I've been to. And they were already aware of the funny business. They just weren't buying Barrows, what Barrow was hoping they would buy. That's fair. And this is their first. They also saw the robbery. loose earth. They saw the loose earth. Like, that, exactly. was, that was the tell. The real tell when they were like in the grave, it was like, okay, so there's the body, there's loose earth, something's wrong. They dig into it, they see the sides are broken open. It's like, okay, well, now we got to dig the whole thing out and check. Well, and they see next to 
Nano, what was his name? Nuno. Nuno, the bag with the Bones. uniforms. Yeah, with the uniforms. And they're all muddy. Which is like, huh, that wouldn't be a robbery. That's weird. Okay. Or a retaliation for gambling. Deaths. So there's a knock on Barrow. Why Powers didn't they take the bag deduction. of clothes with him? He's They're like, idiot. make it look like a wa- robbery. Take his watch. It's like, what about the muddy clothes that you left, dummy? Don't worry about it. Lon's mistake <laughs> still haunting the family. Yeah, mm-hmm. Good. Killed those good kids. Point. I am. I, mm-hmm. I stand just, corrected. <laughs> totally. Like I, I'm. I'm with you. Again, I'll just reiterate. Should have killed those kids. <laughs> yeah, fuck <laughs> those least, kids. At least one of them. <laughs> so, never I hope Sampa comes back and fucks Barrow's tires up. Him and him and Moot just team up. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, Barrow. <laughs> so, what do we make of Ken now? About eight to ten months ish, settled into his role as Horn, and his. What do we make of Ken? What do we make wow. of make Ken? <laughs> I feel like this. I spoke to this. Previously on one of our old Jade City podcasts, I feel like he just needed some time. Point? Now that he's like getting into the role, he seems like he his competence level has raised quite a bit. His floor as a horn has raised, so it's good to see. I was happy for him. I was like, "Good for you, Make Ken." You know, I'm 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 glad that you're you're figuring this out. You know the new the new Barbie promo. Yeah. I'm a Ken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a Ken who skates boards. <laughs> I'm a Ken who kills people. <laughs> this is another Ken. <laughs> I have so many thoughts about the Ken situation. Ken's girlfriend versus Tara's girlfriend. <laughs> I was just about to ask that. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on that situation, Cross? I think it's interesting. What are your guys' thoughts on that, Ben and Aaron and PJ? I'm just kidding. Was but like, Aaron, there's there's first. something there. The girlfriends. Yeah. So, How yeah. they all like don't want to date a Greenbone? Only one of them. Well, really. I miss Ken doesn't want to date a Greenbone. Tar right. always wants to date Greenbones, apparently. Remind me. I don't remember. I miss that. Tar's girlfriend. Was Tar's I girlfriend in this chapter? I don't chapter? remember Tar's girlfriend. She no, Tar's me. girlfriend was previous. Oh, okay. Last okay. book. Okay. It's like a yeah. one-off reference on and off. Yes. Cats okay. and dogs fighting. Yes, I remember that. Now. Yeah, they okay. break up and get back together all the time. Yeah. Isn't it like two people with superpowers having sex would be more fun? Like, have you seen the boys where the Superman guy hi, and the hi, hi. scary girl like ruin the apartment? Yeah. Come on, guys. <laughs> Why are you dating all these stone eyes? Make Ken's girlfriend, I thought, was hilarious. <laughs> I don't know. Like that. She's just like, you know, she just seemed like she was there, happy to be there. And he was like, yep, this is a kind of like when convenient situation. <laughs> Will you make yeah, it to my family thing? And he's like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> he's busy. Yeah. He is. He does literally say like every waking moment is spent being the horn and that fucking sucks. (laughs) I think too. And uh, like I can imagine that on Twitter in the retweet like and like please retweet people and they're only one other guy that knows. Do you think this will potentially breed some animosity for Hilo who spent a lot of time with his sister as the horn? I don't think like mate Ken actually wanted to spend time (sighs) with this lady. I'm going to be mad that Hilo's better at time management. Come on now. <laughs> Look at yourself in the mirror, mate Ken. Was that mentioned at all? I don't I don't remember it being mentioned. Like any any sort of comparison of when Hilo was horn. I don't think so. 
there's a good argument that Hilo had a much easier time as Horn. Than That's true. He wasn't in right wartime. Yeah. It, it right. wasn't a wartime Horn. More free time. Or when time. Mm. <laughs> I think, is it Ken or Tar who brings up, like, it's getting easier to be Horn now that he's convinced the fingers to answer to him instead of always going to Hilo because Hilo's still so involved. That's Ken, yeah. Ken. Yeah. So I think that's another reason they're getting better at both their roles because they're kind of leaving Hilo out of a lot of stuff. Like, okay, I'm the horn. I'm going to figure out. Then I'll tell Hilo. And also without Gaunt there, there's less of a need for Hilo to be as intimately involved in the day-to-day, the military side. Less pressure. So far. Susan might. Susan at least. Oh, he's going to apply some pressure at some point for sure, but not yet. Lazy Susan. Nice, Thomas. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> We're going to call him Lazy Susan from now on. That's the, that's the name. I know. That's it. No context spoilers about. will be a Lazy Susan for the episode. I like that. Allowed. <laughs> what else you got, my dear boy? My <sighs> boy. I'm thinking. So Tar takes over midway through the chapter, right? And we get... I mean, I, the Tar part's just really cool, I think. And then also some of like, so there's Tarn Hilo, they reshape the Pillarman's role. And what do we think? So Tar mentions, you know, he wants to kind of reframe the way people think about how he operates and change the name of the fingers that report to him. And I think we all love how Fonda names the roles of the clan and like various other things in Katon and Jan Loon. So I was wondering if anyone had any ideas of what the fingers that report to Tar should be called. This new position. Are they not still fingers? Well, he wants to rename them. New name. Is there like special? Okay. I don't like that at all. (laughs) I was thinking nails. I understand it. Maybe like fingernails. And then they also, they do torture. So they can pull Uh, off fingernails. Ouch. I like nails. Nails (laughs) is good. (laughs) Knuckles. I'll deal with it. Knuckles is nice. Knuckles, I think, gets us into dicey. The people's elbow. Copyright. (laughs) The people's elbow. (laughs) (laughs) That one one took me a second, but but it hit. It did. That was for you, Ben. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. (laughs) I hope he does come up with the name eventually, though. Uh, I I know. Phalanges. It's tough to name stuff. <laughs> I mean, do do we want it to be in the same style? I think so. Can't be like a crazy rebrand, but we need a little, just a tweak. Metatarsals. It's so much worse. Don't like it. It's so much worse. <laughs> PJ, you're 0 for two. Garbage man. One more. <laughs> no. Don't fuck this up. Don't let him go again. It's not going to be better. It's only going to get worse. PJ, dig deep. Let's see. Tendons. I like it's nails. Better. Let's just We're go going back backwards. to nails. Shockingly, <laughs> is better. Nails We're is going with nails. Wins. Nails is totally my favorite. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what do we think of the cool spy shit, scheming, like mafia shit that Tar was up to? The reinforced trunk, the cool using city planning to abduct a guy. <laughs> yeah, great planning. I it was, was like, like a Mission Impossible. Yeah, this is good stuff, and I like the, I like the new role that he's got, and he's got like his little Black Ops team. Um, the nails, 
this yeah this seems like a, a very good reshaping by Hilo. fits him well fits like his his men's skill set in the situation tar and reshape that office in a, in a way that's tactical and mm-hmm. one that really seems to be serving the clan well as far as like a counterintelligence situation i loved it and like you said he's really good at it like yeah. you know we've seen tar is not necessarily on the surface the subtle one of the mates but even he like he gets like hey i gotta do this twitch because if we did a traffic jam in the middle of me abducting someone like the citizens are already pissed off at us we can't be jamming them up even more just like a nice little thing and then ultimately though forester z is we get to the interrogation scene and we get to a huge fuck up on his part <laughs> that was pretty metal like, never leave him alone yeah leaving yeah. him alone is a really bad idea but also that's you gotta like he kind of says it you gotta kind of tip your hat to the guy as well yeah like, like way to slice though. your own throat buddy <laughs> we can't search his boots i feel like that's a huge <laughs> <Yeah>. oversight <laughs> i did have the same thought when i was they reading it as well think I was, he was like, that green we didn't we didn't we didn't search the boots why didn't you think he was that green? <laughs> no one ever claimed that the makes were the smartest apples yeah. on the tree. He's only right. got a couple earrings. Yeah, I think he was a junior fist, they say, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. he did fall for that lame, your mom's sick. Yeah, I know. You can't call <laughs> I think your anybody mom. would fall Quit. for that. Yeah. This is a wartime, my guy. Hey, Ma! Yeah, clearly. They say you're was- sick. <laughs> One dog's looking this way, with the other dog's looking that way. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I didn't have any cool, like, deep thoughts on this chapter. I just thought it was generally a cool There's chapter. There's a lot of fun lot stuff of going cool on. Cool action stuff going on. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, with that, we move into chapter five, Every Advantage. We move to a conversation with Mr. Ente, where Shay, Hami, and Woon sitting next to her as she explains that He's lost a bid for a construction gig. Hami is quick to jump in with the solution, much to Shay's chagrin. And she ultimately reflects that this is a good thing because she still has much to learn about clan leadership on the whole. After a brief session with counsel, she receives a call from the mountains weatherman, Re Turahuro. Re Turahuro? Turahuo. Cut, cut, cut. Re Turahuo, of whom wishes for the mines to reopen. She doesn't back down, and the conversation turns to the foreign crisis in Ortico, fueled by Jade from both clans. So starting off, there's there's like a fun kind of duality here with A, like the original Mr. Ente conversation, and then also following that up with the Koei Don thing that gets brought up of the hypocrisy of Shay to be like, well, I can't appoint him just because he's a lantern man or like a lantern man's son. It's like, bruh, you come from the wealthiest family. <laughs> you are literally the definition of... Of this type of thing. Nepotism. <laughs> yes. All over the place. So what, what do we think overall? I like that Shay was not like infallible in this situation and is still kind of figuring out how to be an effective weatherman. But one thing I love about Shay is like she understands that she still has a lot to learn and that she's got these really great advisors on her side. And so at I love that Hami was like quick to jump in, kind of figure it out and smooth it over. And so I think that shows like just how great Shay is and that yes, she understands that she has a lot to learn. She didn't handle that situation correctly, but she understands that that's a weakness of hers. And so she fills it in with Mm -hmm. two, two guys that can fill in those blanks. 
it also feels like she's created this sort of understanding and this culture of collaboration that they're not all going to be all knowing about a given situation and relying on each other is key to actually effectively doing all of their jobs. Like it feels like they all mutually respect each other in their given positions and don't, don't feel superior to one another. Like it, it, it feels like a very healthy collaborative sort of structure at the moment. Karen, you're lurking so close to the microphone. I thought you had a thought. I thought you were going to jump in. <laughs> it looks like you're making a move. Just leaning on it. Just leaning on it. Just giving it a little kiss. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so creepy how you could like barely hear it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's awful. So there, there's a quote here to PJ's point, right? Which is, I'm grateful I have you, Poppy Jen. And then there's like a little bit of in between that I'm going to cut here. But Woon was not unusually cunning or clever. He did not have a forceful personality, but like Lon, he seemed made of such a steadfast and dependable fiber that Shay understood why he'd been her brother's longtime friend and aide. And I think that that is to your point, PJ, that it's like you you kind of have this like rod that you can always lean on in the background. And then you also have the sort of I, I don't know exactly how to personify it, but the sort of thinking on your feet capability, cat like reflexes, maybe in a deal-making sense that Hami has and that complements the strategic side of Shay. Can I bring up again that saying Woon is steadfast makes me more suspicious? Not to go into... Ask, so... Oh, go ahead. We, we see, you know, we see the steadfast quote we see in all his time as Weatherman Shadow. He hasn't left early, always escorting her because of the guilt he has over Lon, presumably. And Aaron, I was wondering what that did for your anti-wound poppy agenda. It makes me more suspicious. And see, that's my problem with you. And not to like start a Hallerpod podcast right now, but this is, she's making the holiday argument oh. back at me right now. <laughs> and it's... <laughs> and you were proved wrong. That doesn't mean I I'll like be wrong. I don't know. There was First of all, my theory there is still out one there. One piece of evidence, though. <laughs> so, there was actual evidence besides knowing how books work. Not <laughs> <laughs> just being an experienced reader. You were like they describe two grays very similarly, right? And Aaron's like advisors are always evil, <laughs> and they say he's dependable. That's a lie. They say he's trustworthy and flawless. Also, he Suspect. got the shine. That's like a concrete thing that he did. Mm-hmm. That's definitely true. That's true. He he did arrange for the deal with the shine, which is something that Shay I think is unaware of up until this point. Uh, yeah, she's not aware. Does anyone know? Well, I, just and, and, uh, and the point right? was more and and Shay. Yeah, or they sorry, knew and he and was Hilo doing shine. I don't know that yeah. they know. Oh, Shay does know that he was doing shine. Yes. They don't know that it was wound. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's what I meant. Right. Does anyone know? Yeah. That sorry, wound was the one. Unless, like, I'm sure if they thought about it, they're probably like gotta be that guy but good clarification Aaron yeah Woon, Woon Poppy I, I love that we've gone down the, the route of you two feuding over this <laughs> but I, I like to think of them as like the triumvirate in their own way like we talked about sort of the triumvirate on the clan side that was always hoped for but this is like the weatherman's triumvirate that makes them equivalent to maybe what we'll say is Doru at his prime potentially but 
as we know, they are kind of losing that financial war. And that trust is a really big resource. I, I think that's one of the other things that comes out of this is that I think it's Hami that brings up that like a weather, a, a lantern man's trust is really important too in earning that because it's not just about like what you give them. It's also about what they get. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Any thoughts on the initial, I know we jumped to kind of the, like the middle, but any thoughts on the initial sort of trade deal with the Mr. Ente, fuck that man entitlement? Seems a little harsh, but um, I'll allow it. It was it was, was like, a little harsh. It was a little harsh. <laughs> he just you no. Know, well, he's just kind of man for years. He had spets to be a yeah, yeah. And she even admitted that she had wronged him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think Cross he was, was memeing guys. I was just memeing back. Yeah, I don't think he was yeah. out of line. Yeah, Cross is trying uh, to be controversial, like I am with Wound. <laughs> yeah, apparently, <laughs> Ente entitlement was kind of my bit. That was my whole bit. That was it. Could you Enti- remind me what happened yep. here? Because I don't, I don't recall. Right at the beginning of the chapter, it's a quick thing in which basically Shay sells out the contract for a building to is a it, lower bidder. Is it going to Iton from Aspenia, or is that separate? No, no, it's just a different. No, that's separate. Well, I kind of read all it's this separate. as, oh, they're not giving it to him because they're giving it to Aiton. I just implied that. No, it's going to Aspenia, oh, so okay. it's it's not that it's yeah, yeah. So an Aspenian builder is able to is going to be able to come in because they came in with a really low bid, and that's why he feels sort of not rewarded for being like lantern men for so long. It's because he's being basically as Shay is one of the school of Aspenia and sort of the, that school of economics of the lowest bitter wins, what's loyalty worth? And so that's kind of a big, a big sort of cultural gap to some degree that Shay hasn't acknowledged, but Woon and Hami help fill that in. I don't think Hami Tumashan's bad. Hami Tumashan's a G. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. We all like we all like the lawyer, apparently, which is a first. <laughs> I can't say nothing about nothing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we we move into the phone call, which is sort of the bigger, more consequential half of this chapter, which gets into that Rituro call or Rituro, as he's referring to in other yeah, sections. Yeah, they call him Ritura, yeah, in other sections, which I'm like Turaho, Turahuo? What? Turahuo. Ritura. Tura Um but you get into the idea Sorry. of like they're both selling jade to the opposite sides of the war. So Kacon, in effect, is is feeling both sides, although split between sort of clan loyalty, and that that has allowed her office to continue to function because realistically they couldn't have held up this war without selling out their jade reserves to the foreign countries. And that paints a grim picture, kind of in a big way, for Shay and for No Peak. This guy struck me as a pencil-pushing nerd. (laughs) (laughs) The voice the audiobook narrator does for him, I'm not saying it's bad. It's just annoying. (laughs) Oh, I think it's fucking perfect. (laughs) It's annoying. It's perfect. (laughs) But he's making some good points. Fucking Mata was like, I'm tired of him. So I I do think it probably is perfect. Yeah. I mean, we'll see where this goes, obviously, in the last chapter. But it seems like... This is the natural next step because they're both struggling. And I like that. He just like calls it out to her. It's like, yeah, we know you're selling Jade to the Aspinians and mm-hmm. you don't have, and you're selling out of your reserves and that's not going to last very long. So I, I liked it as, as a development and just to see where it goes from there. And I think 
there's good points here and Shay agrees, you know, like at some point we need to kick the kick those quadrilles back on. Yeah. This was definitely mm-hmm. one of those points where I like flipped back and looked at the map about what was going on. So that was because you're kind of seeing the wider story develop as well. Cool. Well, to kind of round out the chapter, a larger conflict looms on the horizon, especially if you take a little look-see at the map. And I'm so glad you did and brought that up, Ben, because it is like literally, I think that that's sort of the the use really is once these things start to come into picture between chapters five and seven and sort of this idea of like, there's a much larger world. In in a big way, Jade City was was focused in on this little little town of Jam Loon, and now we've we're blossoming out into the rest of the wide world. Oh, little town of Jan Moon. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't sung in a while. I know. I love like it. Like 20 minutes. It was great. <laughs> All right. I'm going to level with you listeners, with you co-hosts. Very upset right now that I have to do this chapter. Because <laughs> we are on chapter six, <laughs> the new green, where we see loathsome piece of human filth Pharaoh adjusting to life with his ill-gotten jade. A shine dealer, he spends most nights dealing shine and training in his newfound abilities at the Rat House, an illicit training ground for unsanctioned green bones. Soradillo, a jade smuggler, recruits Barrow and Moot to join the operations as Rotfish. So, truly, truly, truly a loathsome chapter. It's Very so interesting. <laughs> no, it's not fun. I hate it. I'm- now I'm playing the opposite side. I've just been like cast as the devil in this episode. So here I am. Cheering this reminded me of the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie where the Foot Clan is like hanging out and yeah. training. That's like fantastic. that's exactly I what I thought that. of. <laughs> that's great. This is like the non-Barrow parts of this chapter, which we do need Barrow for. It is a very interesting chapter. We get some cool like. Jan Loon, Taton, societal implications. We did some world wider world stuff going on. This place uh, is aptly named me, as the Rat House, by the way. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, good, good call. Good <laughs> shout out. So this chapter, and I don't know when to bring this up, so I'm doing it now. I have like musical Tourette's, so songs attack my brain at all times. Kind of like uh, I'll smell something and a song pops in my head. <laughs> this, for some reason, Barrow talking to. What's his butt? Who's the Sora Sora Dio? Oh yeah, Sora Dio. This song yeah. was "You're Playing with the Big Boys Now," which I was like, "Where the fuck is that from?" <laughs> it's from the Prince of Egypt. Oh my god! I know oh, it I is. It's heard the two song in oh, so long. Oh my god! And I was like, "Oh yeah, they're the like the like magician creepy guys." Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry, Thomas. I had yep. to. No, I'm scarred now because that movie stared me as a kid because of that scene. <laughs> I fucking so, love that. No, I'm, I'm out. I'm leaving. Goodbye. That's my um, interpretation. Unsurprisingly, Barrow, just fucking staring at himself in his jade all the time, feels that this is how he was always meant to live. And also tellingly, unsurprisingly, the idiot that he is, unafraid to display the massive amounts of jade amongst criminals like just I know. an idiot that's like all i'm I, thinking is like yeah please. even like this big criminal is like oh <laughs> yeah and he's like he's like i'm green i'm cut kk he, <laughs> yeah. he didn't say it but he could have <laughs> i all I'm i was thinking was like surprised that we got to a situation where barrow feels 
satisfied in any way regarding Jade. He's got his green. Like, he's I, got his dose of shine. He's doing it every day. Right. But I, I figured we'd always see him pining for more. Like I, I genuinely never thought we'd get to the position where he felt comfortable with the amount that he has. And like, sure, he has aspirations for more, but it's not like he's actively like impulsively wishing that he had more jade now and that that surprises me i think for now he's got to keep he knows he's got to train and like be able to be consistent because he's saying like you know one day he can punch through a wall and the next he can't so he's got to figure out skills with the jade he has and then he'll go get more do you think that's a function of the shine or of the jade itself or a combination of the two or his inexperience like why like i i i can't figure out why it's inconsistent and i'm assuming I think he's it's just because like, of he's not shine. trained i think he's just like very satisfied with himself in this moment for pulling off this heist and he's got all this jade and he's like i'm big shit and but like a month from now, he's gonna be back, like well, wanting more take jade. It all from him, probably. Yeah, I think it's gonna. Yeah, I, I I don't really see it as like him not wanting jade. I just think like yeah, he's high on the horse right now and like really fucking satisfied with himself. And like this is everything that he's ever wanted, but that feeling is gonna dissipate quickly for him. And then he's gonna want more. And then he's gonna do something stupid. <laughs> and all I'm thinking is like somebody please inform on this motherfucker who will make. And I'm sure someone will, because he's being all flaunty. And he'll probably slip out of their grasp like a little What I think is going to happen is that they made a point to say, like, okay, you have to take the same amount of shine, like, every day. You can't miss a dose. You can't overdose, which is what happened to Lon. Maybe it was poison. (laughs) I'm not letting that go. I think Barrow's gonna get in a situation where he's like fuck I don't have my shine I can't get it and then he's like having a heart attack he's being pretty stupid about his shine stock the idea that it's poison I think could contribute to this inexperienced user experiencing inconsistencies in its power I see that as him just not being trained at all Yeah, he's just a dumb dumb like some days I can bowl strikes some days I can't Strikes and gutters, man. That's life. Sparrow's life. I can. <laughs> Not if you just live in the gutter. <laughs> <laughs> gutter folk. Re- <laughs> recognize gutter folk. Aaron, if I can borrow your musical inclinations for a moment. Picture this, like, this whole chapter set to 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton. Working 9 to <laughs> You know, five. our guy just fucking wakes up at noon, stares at himself oh in the mirror, and it's just like, dump da 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 can't do it right now, but and then he's it's like the beginning of American he's Psycho like at yeah. the rat house, just you know, worked in the room <laughs> trying to sell his shade. Like, hey, honey. shine. I could see it. That's all. Put your hose That's on. All. What do we make of the rat house as a concept? Why are people willing to go there and do the things they do to wear jade? These all seem just like a bunch of posers, and posers is you know a common thing, and human culture so life uh, yeah <laughs> it's just <laughs> like not for me they see something that they want and they're just willing to like delude themselves into thinking that they have it by hanging out at the rat house 
so it tracks it, <laughs> it very much reminds me of like punk houses like just houses with with underground punk venues that are just like people living in squalor and like barely getting by but they throw a house show and make 500 bucks thinking that somehow they're living like for more the entire house. genuinely than other people are yeah like it, it feels like just this is the culture this is what we can do this is somehow a badge of pride yeah. in in the like nether realm <laughs> that they live within and like it, it's it's not rational it doesn't make a ton of sense but it also fills a need and like in this in the sense of like these punk houses it it allows for smaller punk bands to have a venue to play so like this is a place where people that are ostensibly criminals and like fugitives even though they might not have broken any laws they're just like they, they can't really live within society in the way that they're living with jade and shine so they need something where they can rely on camaraderie and like privacy to properly and like effectively live their lives. Like I, I, it's, it's a fucked up situation that is born out of necessity is kind of the way that I took it. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely, I definitely get the underground vibe and I love the Ninja Turtles comparison <laughs> and then throwing in SS, SLC punk on top of it just gets you, I think right to this sort of drug house trip that it is mm-hmm. yeah it was probably the attempt was probably to draw like heroin dens or something like that but opium my, yeah my exposure yeah. is punk houses so like that's mm-hmm. what i could draw but i'm assuming it was probably more the intention was to draw like like drug dens i think the intention mm-hmm. was to draw what ben said the ninja turtle den yeah that might <laughs> be ninja turtle yeah. foot rock clan. foot clan, clan. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I saw Ninja no, it's, Turtles. It's the Rockfoot clan because this is, you know, it's oh, we just a little different. <laughs> okay. All right. <sighs> Man. What do we think about Barrow and Moot being recruited to become Rockfish? I think Sora Dio's got a couple of shitty shitheads and they're probably going to try to kill him. A couple fall guys, maybe? I feel like he just sees them for what they are. They're like ambitious dumb fucks and so he can use them for this fucking job that probably goes through a lot of people <laughs> and they'll walk into it with clear eyes and probably get killed that's kind of his thought you know and he'll take advantage of them for the time being and just kind of dispose of them when necessary i think that was that was the mountains intention too right, right like exactly. how many times are these guys going to be con- like recruited for the same job mm-hmm and like I can't, I can't help but assume they're going to wriggle themselves out of exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's the same situation. Man. <laughs> it is very similar. Okay, so I only had two more things on this. One I thought was interesting was the people practicing steel and just slicing their arms and attempting Me to. Like, ah! Back. It reminded Test me of like out. the people doing the knife the thing knife. between the mm-hmm. fingers. 
I just thought of like a cheese grater immediately. I was like, <laughs> let's give this a go. Let's see. I did not, did not think of a cheese grater. No. So that is because okay. well, <laughs> I'm not a masochist. Well, did I say that right? You know. did. Yes. You that did. is how you say masochist. I believe it's me. masochist. Massachusetts. I love that you both went there. That was so good. Aaron and I are on fire this episode. Think. Burgeoning friendship. We finish each other's sandwiches. Sandwiches. Oh my god, cross. (laughs) (laughs) And then once again, Barrow closing the chapter, showing his true colors. Got some dicey thoughts on moot. Yeah, why does that motherfucker deserve anything? <laughs> yeah, Moot is not in a That's good position. That's just PJ thinking that thing. <laughs> PJ Adries. Uh, it's like that fucking Nepo baby Moot. Final thing, Barrow, Barrow and Moot, right? Mm-hmm. Fuck Moot. Yeah, I mean, Moot's just in a bad position. He's hanging out with a bad guy. And <laughs> Moot's a we- hanger on to our boy, yeah. Barrow. What if that's our, Parasite. New, our new thing? <laughs> poor, poor Moot had no real chance in life. He's yeah, born I mean, on, in the gutter. His dad was in the gutter and now... He seems like he's going to try and go after the makes. He keeps talking about that and that just seems like a He's playing gutter bad idea. <laughs> he had a golden opportunity to escape the life that he was born into, get away from the family name that was tainted by the no peak clan start life anew after his father was brutally murdered with my, <laughs> not with in any what, sort of tragic way possible with what resources though <laughs> he's got a shine stock all that shine all the shine well i don't drug think dealer Mo- baby did baby no, right. Mo- know about no. the shine he, he, no, he did standing by it didn't no. see i mean he could go what you know bobby schmurter's route selling pratt since like the fifth grade i still think selling on, shine is still gutter ball also, mm-hmm. here's you you know, now he has a tougher story for his life. He moved in with a distant relative. He's a shoe stopper. Could have done that, maybe. <laughs> could have gone and joined Call Doucheron Academy. Well, I don't think he could. I don't think you can just join. Uh, there's a lot he's of gotta like, have some family, right? Be, like yeah. a patronage kind of element yeah. to that. Like you gotta be connected at least. Yeah. It's very Nepo baby. The mates got in though, so yeah. who knows? Yeah. True. They got in, yeah. That's true. Your question. Cool. Anything else on the ch- this chapter? No, I wasn't. I wasn't pleased to be in it, and I'm pleased to be done with it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we each got one Barrow chapter. Okay, I like, broke a, this up fairly. It was fair this time. <laughs> it's just this one was right. like a lot of Barrow, like thinking, uh-huh. and he's just a tough hang. Oh, he's got macaroni and cheese noodles for thoughts, yeah. and I want no part in it. <laughs> I, I do like... want to say that I feel like I wasn't very far off on my joke prediction that Barrow would be the leader of a new army mm. during this book. They even get a name. I don't remember the, what the name is. The New Green. The New Green. The New Green. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Am I, am am I satisfying a prediction there? No. Fuck. Streets don't like what? it. Streets don't like the predictions. Absolutely right, not. Streets like the... Uh, oh, you wanted us to drink? Come on, kid. First of <laughs> all, my drink's done. <laughs> of all, we're too deep right now. <laughs> Fair. 
We are on the, the final I chapter ate, of the week. I drank soda and I ate the orange inside. And let me tell you, the orange soaked up some of the juice, some of the rum. Ew. It was delightful. That sounds lovely. It was really tasty. I felt like Nick Miller in the love episode of New Girl, but they have the Sandria. I, I know we've talked about this previously on the podcast. And I don't know that you guys have heard it, but every time you put citrus in your cocktail, it actually creates a bomb inside of your stomach and liver. That mm-hmm. takes about 20 minutes to go off. So every time you have a citrus-driven cocktail... It's going to get worse in a couple more minutes than you think it is because you get the alcohol hit, then you get the citrus bomb hit that increases the potency. And then a bomb goes off Uh, and an alien bursts out of your chest. That's happened to me every time. Every time. Yeah, it's really gross. I don't drink with him in person anymore. That's why we only drink. This is a 12 bedroom apartment. We've had a lot of aliens. (laughs) They're not nice. They live on the shelves. They live on the shelves. Even see. Fuck, never mind. <laughs> All right, with that, chapter seven, The Weatherman's Persuasion. We return to Shay's perspective and are introduced to her current relationship with Professor, oh my God, pick up, Professor Tao Marusan of the Jan Royal Academy University. My God, I'm inventing words as I'm reading my own okay. summary. <laughs> cut, cut, Royal cut. Academy oh, University. Give him a break. A citrus <laughs> bomb just went off. Is, like, low key the hardest is part this of the thing. citrus bomb? No joke. <laughs> I I haven't had citrus. <laughs> cut, cut, cut. Start over, dummy. Cut, cut, cut. Cut, cut, cut. Make two new t shirts. Here's what we got cut, cut, cut. And then no free ads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. We return to Shay's perspective and are introduced to her relationship with Professor Tao Marusan of the Jan Royal Academy. We then begin to enter the incredibly complex political situation that we're faced with at the through the world at large. KCON being a small slice of what's going on in the wider conflicts. They leave their date and walk out of the street sharing a kiss before heading to Marrow's apartment for an intimate exchange. She wakes in the morning and proceeds to chat with Hila while he spends his time training to discuss Ait's proposal of a truce. Ow, ow! Not gonna lie. The dinner that gets delivered to them is pretty fucking incredible. It sounds amazing. I wanted it. And the, a couple yeah, of sound the things that dessert. sound incredible. Oh. <laughs> hey now, Aaron, once again, <laughs> same dessert. wavelength. You're not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> but... <laughs> I guess, where, where do we start? What do we think of Marrow? Morrow. I, I enjoyed this fellow. He seems like a genuine... He's an intellectual little piss boy. <laughs> he's kind of a simp, How but I, I enjoyed that about him. But and he's of, a genuine simp. Think of these like super powerful <laughs> green bones like Hilo and Kenner Tart, whoever's dating the Stoneite. This is kind of like Shay's version of... Because she had hmm. Gerald. Gerald? Hmm. The greenless Gerald, the jadeless simp. So this is like a little step up. Gerald didn't seem like a simp. Gerald seemed like a a playboy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she talks about how Hardy fucked her. (laughs) Yeah. Vigorous. He was vigorous. He was athletic. Was that brief moment? No, that was that was when I was listening outside, and I was like, oh, oh, goodness. <laughs> okay. Oh my. Okay. okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't. I don't have any like conspiracy corners about Mero. You didn't give me any kind of conspiracy. My 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 radar was up initially for sure, but 
I wasn't getting that vibe from him either. Because how much bad luck can Shay have? Right. And he's like, he went to Kaldusharan Academy. Like, yeah. I feel like he's got really big hands. He's got huge hands. I was hands. like, okay. Oh, I wonder what that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were a lot big, of moments comforting in this chapter hands. where it was like, like, whoa, not safe for work. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really appreciated the intro to this being in his classroom and, and Shay sitting in on one of his lectures. I thought that was a great way to like open this character. I liked that. I thought so too. I really liked it because it also in a very sort of nonchalant way delivers us a lot of information about the world in a very short amount of time. So we get we get some history around sort of the conflicts of different nations and we get some different bits and pieces that become kind of the driving force of this chapter in addition to the relationship. I think it's masterful, masterfully done. And we get mm-hmm. a new university. Mm-hmm. It's not all about Call Ducheron. And I think then this whole so thing again just kind of speaks to like the scope of this book is expanding. This is like they're setting us up more and more for there's going to be other nations involved. Like we are getting into a larger political situation and like him speaking to that him, you know, with learning about him being an advisor to the Royals, like all of that is like setting up, I think what's coming down the road where it's a larger conflict between many nations or a couple of nations. A Jade War. Is that the name of the book? Wow. What? Wow. Whoa. (laughs) It's like it was on the front of it when I opened it up every time I went to read it this week. (laughs) I put all of my Uh, books into brown paper bags. That was like the point in the movie where they say the title of the movie. With a wink. Yeah. Plain. Paint all the covers black before I look at them. Mm. Well, they're not red doors. Why would I paint it black? (laughs) Ah. Too bad I hate the Rolling Stones. So that explains a lot about you. Obviously, Ben touched on the political situations outside of KCON. Does anyone else have any thoughts on like where that's sort of spinning or going as far as the relationship between Espenia, the ROE, Igutan, Shatar? Shatar? Having that question in mind and reapproaching this chapter i think i could give you an answer but at this point like there's just so much going on with so many different countries i don't i, I don't want to even pretend to have any understanding of their like interpersonal relationships at this point like maybe really digging into it and like looking at and dissecting that lecture i could try to parse something out and like make a prediction but I am not prepared at all to answer. Yeah, that. the lecture, the dinner, the sure. Mm-hmm. I like that your notes say, "What do we think of Mero? Big hands." <laughs> <laughs> I did put it in the list as the final bit joke. All right. <laughs> cross, I had the whole thing planned. Those big hands means big gloves. Well, so she makes a big point. Well, she of makes it, a, yeah, you know? a couple points. About yeah. yeah, she's like, want to see. What those two big comforting okay, hands? I do want to. Are we gonna get more into the sex? Let's see the notes. <laughs> yes, we're <laughs> going to. I just wanted to hit the. Okay, I want right. to hit the political stuff, and then thoughts. we'll hit the. We'll hit the apartment. Let's hear it, Aaron. You Wait, have the floor. been clamoring for a set scene from a woman's point of view. That wasn't me. Now we have gotten one. What are your thoughts? 
I'm thinking more. It's two finally two green people having sex. So it kind of talks about like their auras. I also thought that was interesting. Like I was thinking you could never fake an orgasm. Because <laughs> 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 like the their green auras are like going back and forth. Intermingling. And it's, it's like another level of intimacy and connection with the with their perception. I thought that was cool. I when I reread this and there was like that whole your place or mine. And then we'd see it later on, like how the jade auras interact. I was just like, poor Shay in that house with Hilo. Yeah. Well, she, <laughs> yeah. She even just, like, brought it up once. Yeah. She, yeah. In the previous book. Yeah. I was just like, that's got to suck. <laughs> like, just to be green bones interact. Like, and imagine that was just a, a green bone college. feeling Hilo's, not because right. Gwen obviously no, when, doesn't have Yeah. One. Think about being in a high rise and there's a bunch of. <laughs> <laughs> or like in the yeah in the oh, high rise no. or like Back in the, the brothel that Lon goes to. Yeah, well, that's probably oh, no. why he takes off his jade. It might be why. Yeah, I would. Like, I don't need no other auras in here. Like relax about it, guys. Yeah, but the your place or mine was funny too because it's like, well, obviously you can't come to the call estate. <laughs> We're also, this isn't like a legit relationship, yeah. even though you did make a really cute gesture at the dinner where you kind of made us like, like a date, made yeah. us legit in that moment. And I accepted it. So like, we're officially, you know, a thing was kind of that moment. But also another point for Mero, he has a cat. Mm, that was my only red flag with him. <laughs> wow, I have two cats, man. What is it? What do you, yeah, what are two you cats saying? is good. One cat. Weird. Okay. Why? We're good. We're good. Less, <laughs> less poopy litter box. One two cat. Boxes. All a joke. Aaron. It's not better. It's just. Sorry. <laughs> I was trying to cover for telling Thomas about the cat thing. Okay. I I appreciate it. Aaron, you love to point out when we get new little technological tidbits. Condoms. We have condoms in this world. I think that's crucial to shout out. If sex, very important. Mm -hmm. If you were... So, can you not use your powers of deflection? <laughs> okay. <laughs> now this is the hard-hitting question. So that is great. Keep those sperm... At bay. Yeah, that was a great point. Shoot him out. Shay might be able to. You know, maybe that's a green bone um, thing where it's like, hey, babe, just use your deflection. Like, we don't have to use a condom this time. And they're like, oh no, we have to use the condom. Jared definitely used that line. <laughs> Jared definitely used that line a hundred times. <laughs> fuck Gerald once again. Gerald was definitely or asking for Gerald. deflection. Fuck Mero. Yeah. No, Mero seems yeah, like a good Mero, guy. But... No, I mean, like, sexually. Yeah. I know. All right. <laughs> Well, we got but, that. We got but that. Gerald's really hot. I have a lot of like biological questions that come with sex with Jade and the advantages. Are there any disadvantages? I don't know. Like you said, I don't think you Lightness. can fake an or fake an orgasm. Yep. You know, mm -hmm. some Cirque du Soleil type stuff here. I feel like the heightened sensitivity could be yeah. an issue. Yeah, I was just gonna say that, like oversensitivity. I feel like the idea of like the perception, like being able to perceive how into you the other person is, that would also kind of help. Help on dates too. Your situation. I don't want to 
get too into it. Well, it's because, sort of, as I mentioned, my mom. That's sort of like the. the- <laughs> It's sort of like the oral exchange moment where it's like you go down on me like that whole thing that was happening there seemed like that came from the aura. Right. So it felt like that was sort of the exchange of like, all right, you're like quivering on some kind of an edge because you're just a weak one gemstone boy. But (laughs) get to work. (laughs) (laughs) Thomas is like, mom, the appropriate jade levels, the emotional impact of the perception would probably be yep. very rewarding with the right, emotional right. aspects yep. mm-hmm. nice just be like so in sync i feel like yeah definitely uh, yeah i did like this sex scene i thought it was written it was more equal than the ones we've gotten with i thought it was written really well yeah. and titillating Nico. it's not like titillating. i take her and she's mine you <laughs> yeah. know this was more yeah. of like yeah. a modern go on a date have some sex yeah yeah i i'd agree with that and to ben's point titillating for sure titillating there's this question of is it is is it a a pov difference or is it a physical writing difference that's that's my probably a a pov difference yeah. yeah i think i think that's a big part of it is that our previous sex scene was Hilo, who in general feels pretty self-absorbed and like Wants to think of himself that way too. (laughs) Make when, like we know he feels for her and like is is, like genuinely cares for her, but in his point of view, he seems very selfish. And combining that with like early chapter sex scene, like that was first first section of the book as well, wasn't it? Like that was like chapter five or something. Yeah, it was very Mm -hmm. super early. It's so as like, though we broke these up to make sure that there was a sex scene in both of the first sections. Fair. That's I fair. Did we did that. You whores. I, I did. I don't what do remember. you mean? E- either way, like this, this felt so much better in almost every way than that sex scene did. So I don't know. It's a combination yeah. of everything. It's the point of view. It's the, the writing itself. The fact that it's Shay in the, uh, in the driver's seat. Do you think any of it could be because for Hilo, when we meet him, that was like a routine sexual encounter. And this is the first time between Shay and Marrow and also her first time in a while. You don't know what she's been doing behind the scenes. She says it's been she, a ta- bit. she talks about it being the first time. Okay. Either way, like Hilo's, it's, it's a routine encounter but it's also fucking weird it is weird i didn't like it not the lie to you it's so strange he breaks into into the window and like yeah assaults her it's tough it's so fucking weird she yeah i mean it worked out seemed like she was okay with it however i mean tough luck i didn't like it streets were up in arms A, a quick move away from this just for a brief moment. I did want to bring up that there is obviously the cute moment that I think we talked about off air. So I want to bring it on air, which is the fact that there's this quote here that Mara says, when people hear the name call, they think war hero or jade prodigy or heir to the great Greenbone clan dynasty. Mara said, not shameless fan of silly romantic musicals. And that's such a good flirty line that I just I loved the delivery and the writing of this. Their flirtation even feels so natural and so well written. I, I appreciated it. Mm-hmm. Don't don't fuck it up, Mero. 
Yeah, I love the flirtation there. It was that was fun, and I love seeing that. And I love that Shay loves musicals. musicals. I know, I love that about her because mm-hmm. we right. famously both love musicals. Famously, I also love musicals. <laughs> How dare you? So I do. Famously, this is we. Oh yeah, the collective. <laughs> this is about yes. the point where I'll cry in my corner. My assumptions are not that. Maro is a bad actor in any way, but that Maro will be exploited and mm. like captured. He does seem like he could be mm. a target later on. Yeah. He ain't very The fact green. that their, their sparks are flying him, so fast. Shay yeah. can protect him. Hope so. Protect hope big, so. big Mama Shay. Maybe I'll have big to do Mama his Shea. first duel. Ooh, no. wow. We did mention it. I don't think he'll get very far unless it's against Barrow. Do you all, uh, you all like Marrow thus far? Yes. I'm in on him. Yeah. I approve. Okay. We ship Marrow in Shay. Down all to right. like his whiskey choice, like a mid range whiskey <laughs> at a dinner date. At like a nice restaurant, she orders a cocktail, he orders a mid-range whiskey. Like that's a perfect like he's so well like intentioned. It Doesn't feels great. Here. Yeah. Seems like he has a good head on his shoulders. He is a teacher. Yeah. I like him. <laughs> Aaron said that so matter of factly, as though it was just a fact, like on his checkbox. <laughs> like, yeah, he is a teacher. <laughs> he also has big feet. And wears size 11 shoes. We know about his hands. Yeah, the first time I ordered a whiskey neat out in public was Mm -hmm. after I got my history masters. So Mm. you know, you know, smart people. That's what we as you should, as you should. The the final thing to kind of circle around on this chapter is after the morning after I'm like kind of walking out of the apartment and sort of flirtatiously and then going back to the call estate and talking with Hilo, whom has kind of returned to form after what seems like a full year of rehab to kind of really get back to where he was previously and sort of pitching Ite and Ritura's pitch of an alliance. Like one, the shows like how far Lon still had to go. Like from his injuries, like it just speaks to like mm-hmm. the amount of pressure that he was under, why he turned to shine and like that whole situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that was really interesting and I like that aspect of it. And I like that Hilo's like, no, I got to get it back. I don't know why, but it seems like it's probably pointless. You might but have to duel. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I like that he's like that. And, and yeah, I like how. Jay talks about how like basically like it has to be Hilo's idea that this like he has to come around to it. She knows how to talk to him the right way to get him to feel like, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought of this and like I'm we should do this because I'm making the decision and not not Shay. Yeah. So I thought I that think was this injury too and having to train is good for Hilo's overly large head. So I think it's teaching him, you know, he's not invincible. And- Do we think that this leads to like a mountain, no peak truce slash kind of alliance versus an outside power jade war situation where they have to like, they're forced wow. to team up to defend 
Pecan against mm, maybe some outside forces or something like that. Mm. That was kind of a thought I had as maybe this is where so we're going to get like a book of them like maybe working together, but also kind of like strategically planning and working against each other. So that might be that might could be fun. Yeah, and maybe it's a war for who controls Jade. Mm-hmm. Oh, ho. All right. Anything else on him this week? This was a fun one. Yep. Way to end on a sex scene. I thought that that was a fun way to end a week. You get a sex scene and a cliffhanger all at once. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I'm I'm very excited. We did. We did. The the final question that we have every week now that we're starting with is who won the week? Shay, she got fucked. (laughs) She ended on an orgasm, so... We gotta give it to her. Shay and Marrow. Morrow. I feel like Marrow in general. Together. Folks. I'm so sorry to let you down, but Barrow I was I gonna say Barrow. Barrow, but, won yeah. Barrow fucking cleaned this he, week. He, he cleared easy. He yeah. he, he has got everything. We don't like it. We don't like <laughs> it. Hey, Barrow didn't on. have He's sex. Rich. <laughs> and if no, that's true. That's true. What we're measuring. <laughs> And that might that satisfy him in general. Like, he might be totally fine if he just gets fucked one time. <laughs> Me. Won't need Jade anymore. Jade fever is just general said, oh homeliness. God, okay, yeah. got it. <laughs> Maybe that's what Andon needs, too. Actually, Andon definitely needs that. Yeah. Let's be real. Andon needs a lot. He needs a hug. All right. Andon needs... Like you know, we've got he the family a, greenbone doctor. He need we need a family greenbone therapist for my guy. He also needs like Xanax. <laughs> yeah, he needs a lot. He's going through it. He's had a tough go. Yeah, he he's he's tough. It's tough. He needs a shot of Aiden's uh, Hochi. He needs a fucking shot of Xan. Poor lad. Shot of shot Xan. Of no free ads. It's a it's a great spot to end no on. Free so- ads for Xanax. <laughs> <laughs> Next week is our second episode where we'll be reading chapters 8 through 15 of Jade War by Fonda Lee, the second book in the Green Bone Saga. If you want me to get real specific here for you, if you've missed it at this point, I'm so by sorry. I should help you. But I, I did say that. Do I need to <laughs> but, read it too? <laughs> no. Who, who, so that's where we'll leave you for this week. <laughs> what number of book is it? In what series? God damn it. <laughs> that's where we'll leave you for this week. Thanks as ever to Cross and PJ and Ben and Aaron's producers, Tim and Andrew, for helping us keep our, their show going. Also, check out all their links in the show notes. You can find the schedule, Patreon, previous episodes, all of our websites, all our socials in one convenient spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Those those socials, if you don't feel the need to actually look up the show notes, like we're so tirelessly and conveniently putting up for you like the gracious hosts that we are if you want us to feed it to you in audio format you can find us on twitter instagram and reddit at words whiskey pod you can email us at words and whiskey show at gmail.com you can find it's not about pronunciations what just not about pronunciations yeah none of those we're not taking those anymore no so sorry Sorry. If you want to join our Patreon and join our Discord and hang out with us on a daily basis, you can join us at patreon.com slash words and whiskey. 
And for now, you can get t-shirts at TeePublic. I don't know what the link is, so you have to actually like seek out the link for that one. But, you know, it's fine. And Aaron, what, what do people need to do? Don't forget to rate and review five stars only. If you don't give us five <clears throat> stars only, then your monkey will not help you wipe your ass. We'll steal that monkey. You armless. <laughs> He'll wipe our ass. Bag of bones. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> 10 out of 10. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>